Hi, this is Paul Rosenthal, Special Counsel at Kelly, Dry, and Warren. Last week, the Second Circuit Court of Appeals issued an opinion providing its definition of an automatic telephone dialing system under the TCPA. That sets up a severe split of the circuits, the Second and Ninth Circuits taking a broad approach, while the Third, Seventh, and Eleventh Circuits have charted a narrower standard for defining an ATDS. Our plan for today's podcast is to level set on how we got to this point, walk through the different standards for an ATDS under the TCPA, and discuss where that leaves telemarketers and litigants going forward. First, what is the standard that everyone is chasing? While this has been the subject of prior articles and podcasts, it's helpful to spend a minute recapping the Telephone Consumer Protection Act's language on ATDS. The TCPA defines an automatic telephone dialing system as equipment that has the capacity A, to store or produce telephone numbers to be called using a random or sequential number generator, and B, to dial such numbers. Over the years, the FCC has expanded its interpretation of the definition of an ATDS to include predictive dialers and any equipment that called from a list of numbers. But in March 2018, the Court of Appeals for the DC Circuit issued an opinion in ACA International versus FCC that set aside the FCC's definition as overbroad. The court found that the FCC's definition encompassed every smartphone on the market, which was unreasonably overbroad. The DC Circuit seemed to reject the inclusion of any predictive dialer within the definition of an ATDS, but the DC Circuit did not provide clear guidance on the appropriate definition going forward, thus leaving an open question. The FCC has issued two requests for comment but has not spoken on the definition of an ATDS since ACA International. And the courts have taken varied approaches to the issue. Which brings us to part two, the circuit split. Just three months after ACA International, the Third Circuit issued its decision in Dominguez versus Yahoo. The court implicitly recognized that to be an ATDS, the technology must have the ability to generate random or sequential telephone numbers. In the days before smartphones, the Yahoo system was designed to send text alerts to email subscribers with a notification that they had a new email. All of the numbers texted came from the email subscribers themselves and not through random or sequential generation. So it was undisputed that Yahoo's proprietary platform did not have the capacity to generate random or sequential numbers and dial them. Thus, the court affirmed summary judgment for defendant Yahoo. Another three months passed until September 2018 when the Ninth Circuit issued its decision in Marks versus Crunch San Diego. Marks similarly involved text messages, this time sent to current and prospective Crunch Gym members. The Ninth Circuit's opinion is much broader, defining an ATDS as any system that can dial numbers A, from a stored list, or B, produced using a random or sequential number generator. That standard included any predictive dialing system that called numbers from a stored list. For over a year, those two poles of the debate debate developed amongst district courts. On the one hand, there were the courts that took a narrower view and focused on how telephone numbers were generated, or put differently, how the numbers were added to the list to be called. That approach found that technology targeting specific groups of customers or prospects were not randomly generated and did not meet the definition of an ATDS. On the other hand, were the courts applying a more expansive definition. Those courts looked at how the numbers were actually dialed. Thus, even if a company is calling from a specifically cultivated list of numbers, if the system can dial those numbers in random or sequential order from the list, it will qualify as an ATDS. 
After a year of development by the district courts controlling the narrative, three circuit courts weighed in over the span of 10 weeks earlier this year. On January 27, 2020, the 11th Circuit held that the capacity to randomly or sequentially dial numbers from a stored list was not enough to qualify as an ATDS. The court in Glasser versus Hilton Grand Vacations found that for any technology to qualify as an ATDS, even a predictive dialer, it must be able to generate telephone numbers randomly or sequentially. On February 19th, the Seventh Circuit followed a similar line of reasoning in Gattelhawk versus AT&T Services, holding that using a random or sequential number generator modifies both store and produce in the definition of an ATDS. Thus, technology that dials from a list, including using predictive dialing methods, is not sufficient to qualify as an ATDS under the TCPA. At that point, many thought there was a trend developing and a wave of more restrictive definitions that would overtake the landscape, with three circuit courts hewing to the narrower path and just the Ninth Circuit going broader. But that changed on April 7th when the Second Circuit issued its decision in Duran versus Laboom Disco. Duran again focused on a company sending text messages to its existing or prospective customers. In this case, Mr. Duran alleged having received over 300 text messages from the nightclub. The court held that a dialing system can be an ATDS if it can store numbers, even if those numbers are generated elsewhere, including by a non-random or non-sequential number generator, such as a person. So even if a human person put together a list of customer numbers for dialing, that is irrelevant if the numbers are then loaded to a list for calling. The court went on to find that clicking send does not require enough human intervention to turn an automatic dialing system into a non-automatic one, where the system provided the ability to send the same text to hundreds of recipients simultaneously. With five circuits having weighed in, there remains a lack of clarity. Owing, at least in part to this split, District courts over the last two years have taken various and sometimes inconsistent approaches. Even within the same circuit, decisions can differ significantly on the definition of an ATDS under the TCPA. That is especially so when the technology at issue is a predictive dialer. So where does that leave telemarketers and litigants on the definition of an ATDS? It remains to be seen whether or how the remaining circuits will rule. There's still the possibility a more persuasive majority position will emerge and there are current or potential rehearing and en banc possibilities for the most recent decisions. Ultimately, this deepening circuit split could make it more likely that the US Supreme Court takes up the definition of an ATDS. Already on deck for this term is a case calling into question the overall constitutionality of the TCPA. The case of Barr versus AAPC is now scheduled for telephonic argument in May, 2020. It focuses on the constitutionality of an exception added to the TCPA for calls focused on government-owed debts. The Fourth Circuit found the exception renders the TCPA unconstitutional under the First Amendment because it restricts speech on the basis of content and fails strict scrutiny. The Circuit Court ruled that the government debt exception could be excised and the remainder of the TCPA left in force. The, question, the questions before the court include whether the entire statute must be struck as unconstitutional. Even though not expressly part of the decision under review, some commentators have argued that this case offers an opportunity for the court to provide guidance concerning application and interpretation of the ATDS definition. However, even if the court never reaches that question this term, there are other cases with pending or looming cert petitions that squarely seek consideration of the ATDS definition. 
and the strength of those pleas for guidance have only increased over the last few months as the circuit split has widened. For now, litigants need to be cognizant of their circuit and recognize that inconsistencies exist. As a practical matter, telemarketers and companies relying on telemarketers should continue to emphasize best practices and risk mitigation efforts to avoid ever needing to get mired in this debate. In particular, companies should remain vigilant regarding ensuring that the appropriate level of consent is obtained for any calls and making sure they are adhering to the relevant state and federal regulations for the calls being placed. If you have any questions or concerns about the technology that you're using or your particular telemarketing procedures, our team of compliance and litigation specialists would be happy to talk through your practices or campaign and offer practical feedback and evaluation of the potential risks on this quickly evolving topic. You can also check our website for the Adlaw Access blog that is a great resource on a host of relevant topics. Thank you.